Hello, welcome back to the Kate Languages podcast. This is season four, episode two, and this is a recording of an online CPD session that I ran in December 2022, which is why I wish everybody Merry Christmas at the end of it, even though it's being released in the middle of April. (laughs) It's the longest episode I've ever released. It's the best part of two hours, but it's well worth a listen because there are some absolutely brilliant ideas and brilliant games that the other presenters shared. So it was a show and tell CPD session. There were seven people, including myself, presenting their favourite games in MFL. I would highly recommend going onto my website, katelanguages.co.uk, and having a look either in the free resources or in the blog, because it's on both of those in both of those places to get the powerpoint and on the powerpoint you will actually be able to see all the games that are being described so it's great to be able to hear what the games are and how to play them but I think I don't know for me personally I need to see them as well so download the powerpoint it's all completely free have a look at the powerpoint as you're listening or even better if you just want to watch the the, the video of it and then you can see everything and um, as they're talking it, it all through so yeah I hope you enjoy this we absolutely loved doing this uh, CPD and got some really really great feedback from it and yeah as I say it's really really long so I'm not going to say any more I'm just going to let you listen to the episode enjoy so here we go good morning welcome to games and MFL so this is the format of this is it's an online show and tell CPD which means that I've got seven including myself presenters who are going to tell you all about their favorite games um so through the morning, we have Erica to start us off, then we have Caroline, then Luke, then Maisie, then hopefully we'll have a bit of time for a comfort break, um, and then Claire, then me, then joining us at the end is Julie as well. So these are very rough timings. Um, please don't mark me down if I don't manage to uh, stick to these timings. And what I'm going to do as people are speaking is I'm going to spotlight them so you can, whatever view you've got, you will just see that person who's speaking. And as I said, if you want to comment um, at all, just put things in the chat as we're going along. Um, Right, Erica, you wanted to share your screen, didn't you? Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Let me have a look. Share your screen, Erica. Spotlight you. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. So, hola everyone. Hello, how are you? I'm Erika. Some of you will know me from um, the courses, but I am the author um, and creator of Spanish and Umbrellas, which is a website for Spanish resources. Um, I also create content for Instagram, and I teach all the Spanish courses of Kate in <laughs> languages. So many of you will have seen me uh, either teaching you or will know about me on social media. And also I'm the admin of the GS3, GCSC and A-level Spanish Facebook groups. Um, I'm second in MFL in a school in Wakefield. I teach all three languages, um, Spanish, French and German. And I'm always in charge of increasing uptake and um, engagement in MFL. 
And also, I'm a paper chase ambassador. So if you know me, you'll know my Instagram is full of stationary items. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. So I'm going to present uh, this game that the students really like. Uh, so this is called Win the Ads. Um, now, what, it's a writing game and a speaking game as well. So what they have to do, the students are divided into two teams. And you can do boys and girls or half and half of the class. And then uh, whatever topic you are doing, you get the students to give you a sentence on that topic um, that is relevant to the, to the content. And then they get to choose a number and they have to tell you the numbers in the direct language. So for example, if they say, um, I don't know, you are doing the topic of free time and they go, me gusta ir al cine porque es entretenido, then they get to choose a number. So they say, for example, number eight, and you um, discover number eight, and that's 10 points. So someone will be doing the score on the board and they write the scores for that team. And then another student will say another sentence. If it's correct, they pick a number. So they'll pick number 11, for example, and they get plus three points. Now it gets very exciting because it's not only adding points, you got like minus points, you got minus 100 points. They get to um, swap points as well. They steal the points, so it's get, it gets very exciting. And the students, never remember the name of the game. They just say, Miss, can we play the square games with the, with the colors and numbers? And they really love it. So that is a game that is useful when you are practicing writing or speaking because they, before they write something or produce something, they, you can play the game and you get to see what the mistakes are and you can um, give them feedback on the go. So it's really nice and they really like it, especially the year 10s and 11s, they love it. So that's one game. Uh, the other one, is escoge dos or choose two. Um, and you got two sides, so one uh, in a different color. So like you can see the blue um, left-hand side. And then the other one um, has different numbers. So they have to, um, again, give you a sentence and you can be really picky. So for example, if they, if they make an agreement mistake, you can say, okay, can you think about it again? And they can uh, correct themselves and say it. And then uh, what they do is, um, they pick a number, for example, uno, abría, and they pick um, one number from the right-hand side, espacioso. So what they have to do here, they have to make a sentence that contains these two words. So it gets very creative because they have to really think about how to combine these two words together. And it's nice because sometimes they produce some sentences that you think, oh, actually, they're really good because they really need to think and reflect. For example, here, this was on the topic of town and house, so dormitorio, and then they got bonito. So they could say something like, me gusta mi dormitorio porque es bonito. And, and they keep going until you just um, look at the, uh, all of the words. So they've got here música and cocina. They need to link it together to make sentences. So as I say, both games are for speaking and writing, really good practice in terms of them producing things before they actually get to write something or um, do some speaking. Yeah, so those are the games um, from me. If you got any questions, please uh, type in the chat. Gracias. Right, hold on a minute. Uh, can you stop sharing your screen, Erica? Yeah, that's fine. OK, 
Um, so someone has said this is similar. Geraldine is very similar to the unfair game. I don't know this game. Does can anybody tell us about the unfair game? Oh, it's very similar. It's just presented differently on um, on the on the PowerPoint slide, and um, you because of the nature of the name, the no the kids know that regardless to whether they get the answer right, they uh, might lose. Uh, so they expect uh, some, you can expect loads of noise and loads, loads of discontentment as a result. And uh, I found it on test, I think. I'm happy to send um, the link or the, the copy I have um, after the session, it's no problem. At all. Okay, yeah, that'd be amazing actually. So um, Laura's just asked, uh, can you send the presentation afterwards? So, I'm going to put um, all of the presentations um, with the recording as well onto, it's all going to be on a blog post on my website so that it's easy to access everything. And I'll send you guys the link first. Um, but yeah, that's all going to be free to access as well. So um, yeah, so don't don't worry about that if you're trying to, trying to make like loads of notes and everything, it'll all be there. Um, and on Erica's um PowerPoint as well. You've put in the notes, haven't you? You've explained how to play the games in the notes as well. So, um, yeah, so let's have a look at the comments. Um, so, Sandrine, I use a variety of the first one a lot, but had never heard of the second one. We'll definitely use it. Yeah. So, that's good. I think, and sometimes as well, I think with these things, and you might find this throughout the morning, that we, we know games and then we kind of forget about them. Or if you don't already have the PowerPoint slide ready, like genuinely, I, so I've played games before where you have squares and you have to remove them and I have never managed to do it where you click on it and it gets rid of it because I'm not brilliant on PowerPoint. Um, so actually to even just to have that, <laughs> even just to know like to see that. Yeah, that's going to help. Uh, right, Geraldine, how do you translate escoche dos into English or French? or German for any Germans. So choose two. So choisissez deux, maybe you would say for French. Um, and Weltzwei, I don't know. I'm just thinking of how you do it as a um, imperative. Or zwei wählen. Don't know. Any any German native speakers whose brains aren't muddled up. Or choisissez deux cases, yeah. So choose two um, squares, maybe, yeah. Yeah, good good point actually. That um but I have to say, what I love about both your games, Erica, is you can play them in any language, like definitely. And I think actually all of the ones that we've got today um, are ones that you can play in more than one language and that can be adapted for different um, topics. I think that's one of the really, really important things of games, isn't it? That we can actually adapt them for different topics. So. Yeah. Yeah, Claire, Zweivelen, I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe. I don't know. The German, I feel like the German one's not as easy. Um, or zwei Kästchen wählen. 
I don't know. I feel like the German just sounds really awkward. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then for French, yeah, so, yeah, okay, right. Sorry, I'm just reading reading the chat as we're going along. Okay, right, lovely, Erica, thank you so much. And I know you've got to dash off because you're thank you so much. heading oh, off for the weekend. You very kindly came, <laughs> came and did this before you're off for having a lovely weekend. So, muchas gracias, Erica. De nada. <laughs> and we will move on to Caroline. Um, Caroline, did you want to share your screen as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll share it. Yeah. Okay, I will spotlight you. Oop, okay. Okay, um, ooh. All right, hold on a minute. Is that working? It's saying Caroline has started screen sharing. Ah, oh, there we go. Yep, perfect. Is that, I don't know what that looks like for everyone because I've um, yeah. Does that look okay? You can see that. Yeah, that's okay. fine. That's fine. Do you want to do it as a slideshow or? Um, yeah, is it not coming up? Yeah. Might just be a bit delayed. I don't know. I think I know why because I've um, uh, I extended my script. Yeah. Maybe would you mind sharing it, Kate? Because I think I've extended my screen, so I'm doing it on a monitor. Um, so if I stop sharing. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to. I'll be your. I'll be your assistant. Oops. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it will be. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So I love. I have to say, I'd never heard of this game. Um. And I think people will appreciate. Hold on. I'll still spotlight you anyway. People will very much appreciate having. Um a what's the word a, a template of this one after yes that. yeah right. I was gonna say I'll send send the template to you yeah to so again the powerpoint that you sent me I'll put that up onto my website and everything so um yeah okay um, so this is um something that I came across I think it's originally a maths game um and it was one of those really late evenings like trying to look for something that would be really engaging for my class tomorrow and um, one of the wonderful Facebook groups out there, um, I just sort of saw someone had suggested this and went on Pez and, and found it. I cannot lay claim to, to it myself, but um, when I introduced it to my classes in my department, we all really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's called the Wondrous Translation Maze. It can take a little bit of time explaining it through to children, but once they get it, they get really, really engaged in it. Um, so the idea is you start at the top, and you have to find your way out of maze by shading in a path of correct answers. So connecting where it says in to out. Um, would you mind clicking? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, you don't have to shade in the first box, the first or hexagon, is it? The first shape in the last one. Um, but the PowerPoint that I use suggested doing it because it will make it easier. Um, for them to get started, otherwise they'll um, just be sort of colouring in random. So it might last quite a while. And um, my school have just moved to 100 minute lessons, so um, that's actually really good for this activity um, because if it does take a bit of a time explaining it, especially for stage three, um, it gives you time to finish it. So the idea is they're given this template. Um, you ask them with a highlighter, a pen, or something to shade in the in and the out box. And it's up to them to number all the other shapes in the middle randomly between 1 and 35. 
There doesn't have to be any reason to it. They just need to put number one in one box, two, three, four. So everything is completely random. Um, there was a little note there. I've tried setting this at home during remote learning. So I don't know if it's ever worked. They might be able to print it off or copy it into a Google Doc and be able to do it that way um, if they're able to. So that can take some time to explain it. Um, but once they've done that, you can then get started. So um, can we move on to the next? Okay, thank you. Um, so the way it works is the winner is the first one to get out, and um, they uh, yes, so correct answers will be done randomly. Yep, um, and it doesn't matter if they miss a number because it can come up later as well. So this whole thing about numbers will make sense when um, you see what the task looks like. Um, so what it looks once they're all set up with this is you then show them two sentences that you would like them to translate. So I do it from the target language into English. And um, they choose between either sentence A or B, which I think is going to come up in the next slide. There we go. Um, so they choose in their books. Um, I get them to write number one, um, and they decide between A or B which one they'd like to translate into English. So let's say they choose A. Um, so my name is Marta. Um, or they've chosen B. Um, so you show them the answer. And once they've written their answer down in English, they if they've translated A correctly, they have to shave in three on um, their grid, on their handout. If they've translated B correctly, they shave in 12, and so on and so on. So you then show them the next part of the sentence you want them to translate. Again, they work either way. So it can take some preparation because you have to make sure um, that the sentences all make sense no matter whether they change A or B, choose A or B. Um, but they, let's say they choose A again, et je vous You show them the answers. If that's correct, um, they can then shade in 13. And so they will get all of these colours um, shading in appearing. Um, sometimes they get sort of a line making it nice, sometimes it's all at random. And they can get quite competitive. They're like, oh, I've got a line. Look, I'm only one away from getting it. Um, but they can't guarantee they can fill in that one that makes it connect from the top to the bottom because the numbers are all at random. So if they needed number 13, let's say, to connect um, and to join um, the in to the out, but they translated B, then they can't do it. Um, so I'm hoping that makes sense. Um, might be, <laughs> um, yes, they write the numbers in. Um, so Caroline, if I could interrupt, sorry. Um, so yeah, so they write the numbers in themselves. However, I'm just thinking if people don't have 100 minute lessons or have, I mean, God, I've struggled to get kids to draw like, you know, three by three bingo things um, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, have you tried to do it where you've already put the numbers in at random and, that, and they've done it that way or do you find that they're okay actually filling in the numbers usually they're okay because we used to have um when i first did this our lessons were 60 minutes long um and you can you can get it done what i tend to like to do with this is i like to use it to lead to a writing activity so once they've translated everything into english i'll then ask them to translate it back into French, what they've written. So they've all got very similar paragraphs that are all individual yeah. Um, Actually, to them. Yeah, I'll just, um, I'll just have, I'll show your full, oh God, what, 
Um, if I just share... 18 questions in total. If I just share your whole one with like 43 slides, which yeah. <laughs> I just thought, um, Yeah, if we go down, I noticed at the end that, yeah, so you've got translate the paragraph. So actually, um, if we go, you know, if we go up, look, we've, this, is a back, this is backwards now, but yeah, so you've got all this information and then actually you end up with a full paragraph, don't you? And then they can translate it at the end. Yeah. Um, so I guess you need to make sure you've written two paragraphs, but like you say, that both make sense as you, yeah. you know for both for both things. Yes. Yeah, so Have you tried it. it with something that's not a paragraph, with just like single vocab, so it doesn't actually all have to join together? Yeah, it could work that way. Absolutely. Um, just sort of sentences, things that you've been um, practicing, and you want to, yeah, revise. Um, but they do really enjoy it and you can differentiate it so depending on like A and B maybe one is more challenging than the other so they have a choice to do that and things so um, but yeah they do get really into it once once they've worked out how to number everything the first time but if you do it more than once with your class and they, they know what to do then you're pretty on it. <laughs> I think that is such a good point though about any kind of game that the first time you do it you might just think oh god this is really complicated I can't explain it and they don't get it and it's really hard but actually if you do it regularly you then you don't even need to explain it you know the second third fourth time you do it they're like oh yeah, yeah I remember this um and again this works fantastically with any topic any language any level as well definitely yeah um Maisie, you said that's how I usually do it. Was that when I was talking about the voc um, doing it as just single vocab words or phrases? Yeah. Oh, God, my voice went then. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, definitely. And I love a game that can be adapted and, and changed and things like that. So, um, <clears throat> right. My thoughts on this. Hold on, I'll remove your spotlight. Um, yeah, so I when I was looking at this, I was thinking... Hold on a minute, what have I shared? I don't know what I just shared then. Um, right, here we go. Yeah, my thought was, oh, and now I'm going to do this again. It reminded me a bit of Blockbusters, um, which I then just realised I now need to go into Safari because I always do this. I just, I just click on a, a link in a PowerPoint and then forget that you can't see it. So I, do, I just had a quick look on Tez and there's a really good Blockbusters template um, here that on my PowerPoint that I'm sharing, I've actually I've put the link there like that. Um, so yeah, this is, I mean, gosh, I don't know how people do these with links here, there and everywhere and it's very clever. Um, where is it? Minute, sorry. Uh, so this is the actual PowerPoint and it's free, which is lovely. And then it's got all the explanations underneath as well. Um, and yeah, it's a similar kind of game. Um, for those of you who aren't British or who are maybe younger than me and don't remember blockbusters from the 1980s on the telly, um, I don't know, you might watch it on repeat somewhere uh basically the idea of blockbusters is a similar kind of thing that you need to get from one side to the other now i don't know people people do it differently um some people might have you can do it in two teams 
So Caroline, I think with yours, it's each individual student has their own grid, don't they? Whereas Blockbusters, I think, is more kind of teams. And you go from, um, I mean, the way Blockbusters always was on the TV is that you go from top to bottom and then the other team goes from left to right. Um, so... Oh, Jeanette, I used to play this on my overhead projector. That's amazing. That, make, that makes me feel less old now, thanks. <laughs> I'm so mean. But this one's so clever because, right, um, can I just say, well, the overhead projector, do you actually have, like, like little cut-out hexagons that you would then, like, stick, put, you know, put on top of the, the numbers? This, that, that sounds quite familiar. Anyway, with this one, if you want to start at the top here, number 11, it automatically goes onto this slide. If you want to, whatever topic you're doing, you could change this. Um, if they get it wrong, I think you click there and it goes to wrong answer. But if it's right, I think you can click back on here and it takes you back to the um, thing and then click away from the number. And if you click it once, it's green and twice it's red. So it's, oh, this is very clever, no idea. And then I guess if you click it again, it goes, oh no, it's green again. Um, so yeah. And then the next team might say, right, I want to start with number two. He plays football, so they get that right. And then they would have the red. And the idea is that they can then block each other and then you have to try and get round it. And that, that was how they played blockbusters in the olden days when I want to say Bob Holness, that name's just popped out of my head from nowhere, uh, presented it, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so you might end up like, mm, she goes swimming, yeah, I don't know. Um, if I'm not explaining that very well, it's because I literally just thought of that this morning when I was looking to Caroline's thing, and I was like, oh, that reminds me of Blockbusters. But yeah, if you get blocked, so say if they then went there, then the green one would have to go round, but they still need, they would need to get all the way through so there you go and as I said on my powerpoint that I've shared if I go back to this one um so that was Caroline's if you just if you go on this and just click on this that will take you to the TES website um and I mean, I just Googled it. That was the first one I found and it was brilliant. So I was like, yep, brilliant. We can all do that. I'll have a peep, please, Bob. Exactly, Jeanette. Oh, I think they brought it back though a few years ago. So maybe it's not, you know, I'm, I'll pretend I remember it from, from the reboot, not from the 1980s version. Um, there's a good blockbusters game for large numbers on the A-level AQA Spanish resources section of the website. Nice. Let's have a look. Um, oh, that's good to know. Okay, I'm kind of... Um, Claire, I play Blockbusters at A-level, but with letter starters. Can you explain that, actually? Yeah, I'll try to. Um, so, oh, hang on, I can hear myself on my iPad. That's annoying. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to move that out of the way. Yeah, sorry. So I put, um, so I, I come up with it during the lesson. So as words come up during the lesson, I just jot down a few letters started. And then I just literally have to think about four columns written down on the board. 
but just with a letter. Um, and I'll give them the translation in English and they have to come up with the German. Um, and obviously the letter is the German word. I think probably it's really hard to explain, but I have shared it on Instagram before. So I'll share it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, how Because I've got how I set it out and stuff like that. So that might be easiest. Yes, I think that that fits with how Blockbusters actually was on TV as well, that it was letters. <clears throat> so, I mean, obviously, you know, they know the word arbite by A level, but that begins with an A. So you'd have an A and you'd say, exactly. yeah. Work, yeah, and they would say arbite and then they would get the A. Yeah, exactly. And they've just got to work down and work across. But it's one of those things where you can just literally like write it up on the board at the end of the lesson. You don't need to have anything prepared. You just jot it down as you go, which is what I like to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. And actually, your yeah, your games that you're going to present are brilliant for that, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <For things> you <laughs> That's my aim. Um, but yes, I think also find like I would never even attempt to create a blockbuster PowerPoint like that by myself. But seriously, just Google it and you can find these things quite easily. Um, so I think, I think I found it. Obviously, they don't, I don't think they could call it Blockbusters on AQA. So if I just show you here, this is the AQA, A-level Spanish teaching resources. I'm assuming it's this Hexbuster game. Um, I love it when they come up with random new words. Uh, oh interesting hold on a minute oh this is hilarious you'll never guess what it looks like oh it's exactly the same one that i just found on tez hopefully they've uh, credited this person with it um anyway so <clears throat> either way it's free they've called they're calling it hex buster they obviously needed to uh, and that's big numbers. Yeah, there you go. You did it first. That's the question. Oh, so either way, you can go onto the AQA website or you can just click on the link on my PowerPoint and it's exactly the same one. Um, but that shows you can actually, you can change all the, the bits and everything like that. So that's really cool. Um, any other thoughts on on that one, on Caroline's one? We That's all clear I love that idea and again like I say I think people will appreciate having the um the template for that already um and then just sort of changing your questions and and things like that as well so thanks for sharing that with us and I'll share the full powerpoint with all of the all of the different questions and all, all of the slides as well on my um website so thank you Dankeschön, Caroline. Caroline's doing my German beginners class, so Dankeschön. <laughs> and I know Caroline's got to dash off as well. So these lovely people popping in first thing this morning to, uh, to present these. So uh, yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Luke. Well, intriguingly, um, you win some, you lose some is uh, by and large win the ads by a different name but i've got a couple of different ways that i use it so i can the the, the basic premise we should be able to work out already but uh, if i share um i've got two different variations so uh first of all if i share the powerpoints yeah i've got um you've got the obviously the numbers version which you can do a bit like the win the ads template so they what I usually do is actually I do the questioning differently. I do it kind of quick fire. So I split the room in half 
and then I will give them something to translate um, and pick someone at random on on the correct side. If they get it right, then they choose a number. And if they get it wrong, then I'll bounce it onto the other side and we bounce back and forth until someone gets the right answer. And then they choose a number in the target language. And then behind each one, you've got the points um, similar to on the win the other template, which does have some negatives in there as well. Um, but there's two other ways that I use this. So one is a little bit more sort of prep time, but still only a couple of minutes really, is I replace the numbers with prompts. In usually I split it 50-50 between uh, target language and English and then they instead of choosing a number they will choose which one they want to translate so they might choose for example Elem and change that as uh, obviously he likes um, and then they get the one that's behind that so that way it, it takes off maybe a little bit of pressure in the moment in terms of having to think of what prompt you want to give them uh, and it also gives them a bit of choice so they can choose if um, they want to try one of the, the trickier questions or one of the easier questions. Um, and usually they get very um, angry with me because there's not a correlation between the difficulty and what's behind it. So they think if they choose a difficult one that they're going to get loads of plus points. And then if they get a minus, then they'll get angry at me because someone who did an easy one got more points. Um, but yeah, that gets very competitive. And the other way that I do the same thing is if I stop showing this, it's something I only discovered a few weeks ago. Um, is using it with a word wall template. So uh, let me share that. Here it is. Um, so this is actually quite good because what I tended to find was they learned what is behind each number. So once we'd done it a few times, they'd remember that oh, number four is swap points and and where all the pluses and the minuses were. So this this way, because it's on a, a template, it, it shuffles them up every time, so they don't know what they're going to get. So it does all like the sound effects as well. So it feels like a, a proper game show at the end of a lesson. Um, this one you can only have it with the numbers so I can't prepare the prompt in advance, but they have no idea what's going to be behind each one each time. So they can go around that way. Um, there's double points, sort of back to zero, swap points and pluses and minuses in there. Um, and then what I like to do at the end um, is on here, you've also got the random spinner where what it does annoyingly is it actually shows you what's in every box as it spins. So I always save it for the very last one and I'll ask whichever team is in, in the lead. I'll, I'll tell them, I'm going to, I'm going to put the random spinner on. Do you want those points to be applied to your team or the other team? Because I, originally the first time I did it, I said, Oh, do you want to have the random spinner or not? And then they said no, because they didn't want to lose. And then that was a bit anticlimactic. So I, I'm now forcing them to have the random spinner and they've just got to choose whether it's going to apply to their own team or the other team. And then it will whiz through the whole the whole lot. And then sometimes that can be, at the very end, the, the final thing that, that decides which team wins or loses. So it gets very competitive, quite loud, um, but they, they love it. It's one of their favourite games that we do. So uh, it's 
I suppose very very similar to to win the ads, but a couple of different ways that you could have a go at playing around with it. Love that. And again, we're going to share the link to the web. So is this word wall available to anybody, or do you? Yes. Have to so I just need to share it, but anyway, that's done. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll send you the link so that that's ready made for anyone who wants to use it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, it's always really. <laughs> really useful to have again just things that are made you know ready-made um and available to use straight away um yeah so word wall i i tried to i had to look at it i've heard about it i had to look at it i couldn't get my head around it um hermione you're saying you love it i yeah can we? I don't know. Can I like. There's actually there's another <laughs> there's another game on Word Wall I can show you if you like that I really like. Yeah. Um, um. So do you need do you need to make a profile for Word Wall? Yes. Uh, excuse me. Um. Yes, you do. But it's it's once you've done it, it's really easy to to create a lot of sort of very visually engaging. Um examples so for example if i show you this whack-a-mole is one they absolutely love um so i'll share this so i did this one on personality adjectives and uh it's got all the sound effects and everything so they someone comes up to the to the front and they have to hit the negative adjectives so it gives them the example and then it goes through all the different levels. So it starts off quite straightforward. And if they get if they get one wrong, then it, oh, it gosh. has all of that. And they've got, they're against the, the, the clock as well. And then once they complete that level, they get points depending on how many seconds they've got left. This is brilliant. And then they get more and it gets quicker. So that can get very... And they love the sound effects as well. So, okay. yes, my, my question about Word Wall is, the Whack-A-Mole game exists on Word Wall. You put in your own... Yeah, so in terms of actually creating it, if I click on edit content, all I've done is, is put in a list of um positives and negatives and and said what what they need to hit ah. so it probably took me about it took me about six or seven minutes maybe and actually sometimes i have done this um which might be slightly cheating um but as a starter activity i'll ask them um <clears throat> to to remember the two different categories of 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 words so i might ask them you know, remind me of some negative words and as they give them to me i just type them into the word wall template um, I think that's absolutely brilliant. And also that's so, a brilliant retrieval activity for them as well, isn't it? So, yeah. so they retrieve it and then um then they then they play the game with it. So everyone practices everyone's, but and then once I've made it once it's there, it's there yeah. to use. And you can also have um a template. So I did one as a as almost as a homework with ER verbs, not only a couple of weeks ago with year seven. I then played the game myself and quite embarrassingly even though I made the questions you've got four students who've actually beaten my own score <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but but then they've come in and they said, "Oh, did did you see? I I beat your score on 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 Whack-A-Mole. So they they're very competitive about that as well. So it's, I used to do that on Quizlet all the time. Yeah. Um, questions here. Um, are you paying for it? Do you have to pay to create content? So I I think I I have got a monthly subscription, which is about six six pounds, I think. Okay. But what you can do, which I've known other people do is you can once you've once you've made your resources if you stop the subscription you still have the resources so I've known a couple of people who've who've subscribed for one or two months made loads of resources and then and then gone down to the free version where they can't make anything more but they can still make anything else so it depends how if you've got loads of time to make loads of resources um six pounds a month or so doesn't I mean it's not too expensive I don't know if schools would be you know be willing to pay for that when i was training it was paid for me and then but about a year later they realized that i'd left and they took me off their account uh yeah i've I've had that before um but amina you're saying you don't pay for it so yeah i don't know i guess i think you know it's high it is a difficult one because i know i like things for free as much as the next person but equally as somebody who works for themselves and try you know it's like well it's kind of it's kind of nice when people pay and support you in that way as well so it's a bit of a like you know it's a difficult one but you can't subscribe to every single website like you know it's too expensive what's good with word wall as well is once you've made the resource you can then just in one click change it to a different kind of quiz with the same Uh, input so i can then click say anagram and then now they've got to do something different with the same with the same anagram of je (laughs) je's not the most exciting anagram but it's a different kind of activity that you can do yeah and someone's saying as well they set this as homework um i've done it as homework oh hermione yeah but you don't even see the progress or not so yeah i don't you don't i don't know how easy it is to then check that they're doing their homework but um Luke, they should give you commission, says Laura. <laughs> uh, yeah, for get, getting people signed up to WordWorld, you should get a couple of months for free. Um, and Claire, you're saying classtools.net is underrated and free arcade style. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's quite it's quite good. It's it's like you've got like Pac-Man and um, is it like a shh, shh, beat the teacher, sorry, <laughs> beat the teacher kind of game, which similar sort of thing to like whack-a-mole actually they love to come up to the front and they're like doing who wants to be a millionaire style game and then at the end they get to like fling the teacher and try and get my face into a hole which sounds yeah. really bizarre, but they love it i feel like this was there was something like this years ago and I yeah it is old it's like we're going back way like yeah of like yeah when i started teaching so it's like I didn't. I didn't. All loads of the other things kind of came out. This is it. Yeah. This is. I think. Is this beat the teacher? Yeah. So you can replace. So I put a little bit emoji of my face. Listen. I put a little bit emoji of my face there, and then they play like it's quite good because the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire style they can do as a class, like on whiteboards and things. And then at the end, you can get one of them. I don't know. Like I have a star of the lesson, so whoever my star of the lesson is, they might get to come to the front. It takes quite a while to whiz through the fifteen. But I know. I was just going to try and whiz through a load. Yeah. Um, And then. 
and then oh yeah and then you've got ask einstein i think that's meant yeah. to be uh vote might take two away okay so then you can keep going through i can't actually see the question because i've got all my zoom stuff at the top so i'm like i'm not going to embarrass myself by getting what could be a very simple question wrong um it's just it's just good like i think because <laughs> Because there's so many other things out there now, like we block it and, you know, like Quizlet Live and stuff. Sometimes it's quite nice just to go back to the kind of older stuff that probably like we don't share as much. And it's um, it's just a really good one. And you, again, you can give them the link and they can do it at home and things. You can't check the progress because it's really old school, but it's good fun for like vocab revision and stuff. It is. And if I remember from using it, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like 10, 15 years ago at least. Um, that yeah, I would say to them now the graphics are probably quite retro so they're probably like find that quite entertaining as well um, Amina has just actually said sorry folks just check we do have a subscription as a school that's why I can create content okay well that makes sense then so if you want to create content you need a subscription if people share their own like Luke you've just published yours and if you share that link with us then we should be able to make that exact one but we wouldn't then be able to change the whack-a-mole um, no. words on the whack-a-mole so yeah there you go um that makes sense i think i think that's fair enough um super duper right thanks so much luke and for the little word wall uh, explanation there as well um i think yeah like i said I, I checked it out a little while ago and i was like i don't get this at all so um right Maisie, we are going to Maisie next hold on a minute Right. Maisie is sharing with us an absolute favourite classic that I I saw this on social media a little while ago. Do you know what? I've never done it because, I mean, I don't, I mean, teachers who, who I teach, maybe you might enjoy doing this, I don't know. Um, but actually, I think it's probably a good one for classes. But um, yeah, explain one pen, one dice for us, please, Maisie. Right, there you are. So... Um, I know that everybody probably has their own way of presenting it, but this is how I do it. And I quite like it because um, if technology isn't on your side one day or if um, you feel that you just want to take things away from the PowerPoint because the PowerPoint can be a bit linear sometimes, I don't know. Um, it's just something they can do on a piece of paper. Um, so pupils play in pairs. They each have a separate printout of the sheet um, and I've just given you an example of one that I used with year 10, um, actually taken from um, module three of Biba. Um, so they have just one pen and one dice between them, hence the name of the game. Um, and once they have the dice, they can take turns to roll it. Uh, they need to roll a six. As soon as somebody rolls it, then they can take their pen and begin their translations. So I always do um, one side, um, so into the target language and then another side back into English. Um, and so that person who's rolled the six is translating on their sheet. And whilst they're doing that, the other person is trying to roll a six. And as soon as they do, um, they can take the pen off the person who's writing and start to translate theirs. And I always give them a time limit um, just to um, make it a bit more competitive and speed them up and try to get them to um, be more engaged. Um, and the winner is whoever has the most answers, um, not only filled out, but also as accurate 
um, as possible when the time is up. So it does take a bit of preparation because obviously you need to give them the translations and also then have a slide with all of the answers on. Um, but they really like it and it's nice to see them getting so into it whenever I use it. Yeah, I, sorry, am I, I'm not muted. I didn't know, didn't know if I was muted. Um, so I think we've got a couple of comments here as well. Yeah, I just, I, I remember when I first saw this on social media and everybody who um, tried it was just like, this is so much fun, the kids love it. Like, you know, they're really, uh, really, really engaged, really, really enjoying it. And it's, it's this kind of thing that looks like it should just be a bit boring, but somehow they're like, absolutely love it. Mm. Um, have you done any variations of this at all? Do you always do it with like half in English, half in the target language, like? Yeah, up until now I have. Um, it's just been half and half, but they quite like that because it keeps them on their toes. Um, yeah. I was going to say something else. Um, uh, one thing I would suggest is um, in the Black Friday sales, I got lots of soft foam dice. And I think it's much better if you're doing a game like this because then you just don't hear lots of dice clonking about everywhere. So if you're going to do it, get soft dice. And also, if you get bigger ones, I guess it's less likely that they're going to roll around all over the classroom. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I think that, that would, I'd, I would find that quite, like, yeah, quite noisy and annoying. But um, yeah, yeah, soft, soft foam dies. So um, yeah, that's, that is a very good tip. Right, let's have a look at the comments Jeanette saying students love it surprisingly yeah I do feel like it is the kind of thing that's like basically you can do anything if you turn it into a game and make it a bit competitive they'll do anything won't they um Sandrine I give the person who finishes first five points and going through answers everyone gets a point for each correct answer that's the way it's not necessarily the fastest yeah so that's an interesting one as well that sometimes you know students might be a bit slower um but they're still getting it Done. Mm. So yeah, maybe they. Um, I mean, do so people who do do this? Do you always use points? Do you you know do you do it in that way? Um, with points, I don't know. So whoever's got the most, yeah. So I get. I don't know. I'm just thinking like. Is it something you can do basically just until they finish? <laughs> until until they actually do it. So Claire, those who do it fastest usually make lots of mistakes. Yeah, that is a good point as well. <clears throat> do you know, I give a time limit and those who have the most correct win. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's an idea of like, if you're the first one to finish, you're not necessarily going to be the winner because it has to be, there have to be correct answers because otherwise they could just write absolute nonsense, couldn't they? Um, has anyone done this on mini whiteboards? I'm just wondering if there's a way of doing this on mini whiteboards. Claire, is that yes to mini whiteboards? And how does that work? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I do it on whiteboards sometimes, again, because I'm, you know, I don't always like loads of paper, so um, I just stick the uh, PowerPoint up on the board and then they just, just do it on the whiteboard. So you don't have to have it print. You don't need anything printed out. Obviously, some some classes, they need it in front of them, don't they? And they need to kind of have that, you know, a little bit like how Maids has got it on here. 
but um if you you know if you don't get a chance to do that you can just stick it on the board so it's another one i've done believe it or not without having it prepared before where i've just stuck some sentences on the board and we've just done it ad hoc like that <laughs> um and yeah so we're going to have a little break in a minute and then claire's going to show us um you've got three games haven't you that can all be done without actually preparing anything in advance yeah i'm just thinking of like ways of making your lives as easy as possible um and even i'm just thinking like even if you've got a, a ready-made resource you know as part of your lesson if there's a translation yeah like you say up on the board um and just adding a bit of competition a bit of um fun and games to what is a very boring translation it reminds me a little bit as well which is not really a game but it's something that I've seen quite a lot and I have used and it's again it's one of these things I remember and I do it and then I forget <laughs> and then I'm like oh, yeah that's a really good idea um it's tangled translations um I'm sure lots of you have heard of these and used these as well um just looking at the you know half in English and then half in Spanish or even just having like words as you get, you know, one word and then another word and then um, or a full sentence or whatever and doing tangled translations, which is not a competitive game, but it does add an element of challenge and is a bit fun. I don't know. You could somehow try and turn that into a competition if your class is particularly competitive. Um, if there's anyone who doesn't know about tangled translations, if you want to comment in the chat and I will find one that I've done and I'll, I'll show you that otherwise if you know what tangled translation is then um we'll, I won't I won't go I won't just describe it anymore um so thank you so much Maisie that's absolutely brilliant I've always kind of like I say I've kind of heard about it but it's good to actually see an example and see how people use it so fab right let's have a quick break um and then we'll come back at 10 past 10 and Claire will tell us all about her three games that she's got. Okay, right, back from our break. Claire, are you ready to, uh, to share your games? I think so. Do you want to share your screen? Um, yeah, it says I can't. Ah, uh, hold on, I might need to share. Because of you. <laughs> I'll try now. All right, let me just check. Oh, okay. It's good now, yeah. Yeah, is that working? You see, you good? Is, that, is it working okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's just because I was sharing my screen. All right, fab. It's been so long since I've used Zoom. <laughs> um, right, I have one. I'm hoping I can get through this without being disturbed by little people because, as you can probably tell by the little interruptions I've had so far and then the train set behind me, um, I am solo parenting this morning. <laughs> so I'm trying to multitask. Um, so, hi, everyone. I'm Claire. Um, I'm a head of languages um, in Nottinghamshire. And, um, and I do a lot on Instagram. I really enjoy Instagram. Um, I found it really, really inspirational, a really great friendly space to share teaching ideas um, and just bring a bit of joy back into teaching. I think after it was after COVID, wasn't it? It was during COVID that we kind of sort of set Instagram up um, in, like, specifically for languages. So um, if you if you don't already um, get involved on there, then please do, because it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so... I love games. Um, I always play games in my lessons, Key Stage 3, 4 and 5. Um, and I think because a little bit what we've said already, I started teaching about 15, 16 years ago. And in my very first classroom, I didn't have a projector. So it was either an OHP or it was literally a board and a pen. And I think this is probably one of the reasons why I'm quite confident 
just teaching without a PowerPoint because that's how I started my training and how I started my teaching. Um, and I think in a way, maybe we've come to rely a little bit too much on technology. Um, and as happened with my U11 lessons a couple of weeks ago, we had no internet for the whole morning. And luckily, I'm, I'm quite confident, as I say, just using, just using a pen, which I know comes with time. Um, but I just sort of, yeah, just kind of encourage you just to have a go and just be bold. And if you if you do sort of rely maybe quite heavily on technology and lots of planning, which is absolutely fine, hopefully you, I can just give you a few ideas of things that if you've just got five minutes to fill here or there, just some ideas that maybe you can um, that you can use and that you can you don't need to do anything for it. You've just got it in your head and you can just go for it. Um, so just grab a ball pen, literally. So these get nothing new. I'm sure that everybody's come across these before. I've shared them a lot. Um, so the first one is the simplest game ever, but kids absolutely love it. So I do this as a bit of a retrieval activity. So once we've done a couple of lessons on a topic and they've got lots and lots of vocab in their heads, I literally just split the board into two. So team A, team B, just however the different sides of the classroom are. Um, and I give a board pen to one student, a board pen to the other. I set a timer and I give them a topic and basically they have to run or, you know, as, as risk assessed as we can without them actually literally running, like run, walk fast to the board, make sure all those bags are tucked under the chair so that nobody can trip over. And they come up to the board and they write a word on that topic. So, for example, if it was food and drink, which is always a great one because there's so many words that, they, that they've come across. So they, they run up, they write a word. And then they pass the pen on to another person. I don't insist that they do it. Usually it's just to another student who's got their hand up um, in the classroom. Just pass the pen over and then they come up and then they write another word as well. Oops, I've got a little, yeah? Me or Nick? You've finished. Okay, you go and sit down for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is a really great game. And um, and the good thing is, so they write one word and then they pass the pen on. But what I do say to them is they can come up to the board and they can correct somebody else's answer because I will only accept correct words. So if it's in German, I want to see a capital letter. If it's a noun, I want to see that it's been spelt correctly. So they can add a new word and they can correct somebody else's. But other than that, they then have to pass the pen back on to somebody else. Go on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so and then I set a little timer. So these are really good on YouTube. So this is a pizza timer. Um, I think this is like a two or three minute time. So if you just type into YouTube fun timers, there's all sorts of really good timers that you can have on your actual um, whiteboard on your, your projector at the same time. So that's a really nice, easy one. Um, students can copy words as well if they want to, but obviously they're not going to win um, if they copy words. And then I count them up at the end and obviously the team that's got the most wins. So it's a really, really, really simple one, but it's always really engaging and students really love coming up to the board, I find. The second one is Stop the Bus, which has got a few different names. I think a lot of people call Stop the Bus a different game, but for me, Stop the Bus is like the grid game. So I draw a bus on the board just like this. And then we have six different seats. And the idea is that I set a timer and I give some translations of sentences or words and students put their hand up and they give me that translation and they get to take a seat on my bus. However, once all of the six, words, six seats have been taken and if the timer's still going, they can ask, answer a question or a translation and they can move everybody, they can move somebody out of, the, out of their seat. So for example, KW, whoever that person is, will be like, answer the translation. Oh, I want to take KW's place. And at the end of the three, four minutes, whoever's left in the seats can get a little prize or a house point. 
This one can get quite brutal, I find. Um, and I'm sure if anybody plays this, it, it can get a little bit, you don't want kids picking on each other too much. So I think it's one of those where you have to pick your groups with this one. Um, if you've got a really great relationship with a group, they get on really well with each other. They can do this in a really nice way. Then it works well. Otherwise, I have done it whereby I've numbered the seats, one, two, three, four, five, six, and I've rolled a dice. So this is maybe where Maisie's... Um, fame dice can come in and um, you can just roll the dice so once they've answered again whoever whichever number that is say it's number three then that person will replace seat number three so that's a slightly gentler way of doing it I think with some groups I know a couple of years ago I had a group who who got a little bit mean with each other and I, I like the game but I just didn't want them kind of falling out so I changed it to a dice version of that as well so that's a really good game they enjoy that and one that you can just do at the end with just literally with your pen and then finally, one of my all-time faves, which I share all the time, so I'm sorry if you've heard this loads, um, is poker. And this is a brilliant one for class engagement. Um, so this one, it can take a bit of getting your head around and it's really hard to explain without demonstrating it, but I don't think it would work demonstrating it on Zoom. But basically, again, you can just come up with this in your head as you go. You ask a question. If the student knows the answer, they put their hand up, no problem, because they're happy they're sorted. But if they don't know the answer, they can still put their hand up and they can bluff. And the idea is that if you pick a student and they know the answer, that's brilliant, they get a point, and so does everybody else who's got their hand up. However, if you pick a student who doesn't know the answer, but they're just bluffing, they lose all of their points. So I always say to them, we have a bit of fun with this. I always say to them, if you're going like this and you're kind of not sure, I'm going to pick on you because you've got a terrible poker face. I'm looking for real confident, you know, hands up. And then I won't be able to tell who it is that's bluffing at bluffing. So we have quite a bit of fun with it. Again, it's probably for a class that you know well and that you have a good relationship with. But I've seen students who wouldn't normally put their hand up just go for it and put their hand up. And usually if, if I pick on them, they usually know the answer anyway. Or if I know that it's a student who is quite uncomfortable putting their hand up. I don't usually pick on them. I just really like to see that they're kind of building that confidence to put their hand up and have a go. Um, I hope I've explained that one okay. If if I haven't, please just put in the chat and I'll try and explain it again because it's really it's a really tricky one to explain. But when it works, I've had like SLT come into my room before and I've said, and it's just been a great one because it's just so much engagement because like I say, even students who don't normally want to answer or are really disengaged, they can't help but get involved with this game because... They, they like to you know, practice their poker face and they like to take a bit of a risk, I find. So that one works really well. And then finally, which is, is a pre-prepared one, but you can just download it. On my website, I've got um, a MFL Christmas bingo game if you need a little bit of motivation, a little bit of a competition for your classes to see through to the end of term. And um, this was quite popular on Instagram. So if you haven't seen it, I just thought I'd put it on here. Um, it's free to download. So yeah, that's it. Thank you. I'm back. Um, I just muted myself while I was listening to you. Um, okay, we've had a couple of questions. Yeah, not even lots of uh, Maisie, this is a really good question. How, whereabouts in the lesson have you found that run to the board works best? And actually, for all of the games, like, yeah. do you find that they're good plenary games? Are they good sort of? Yeah, either really. Break up the lesson in the middle. I think um, I, I think the, so. The run to the board game I generally do as a starter, but it, it is one of those that you've got to you've got to be a bit careful with doing a starter where they're out of their seats, haven't you? Because three times you can't bring them back down. So again, it's one of those. I don't find it a crazy game though because I 
I'm very insistent on because I've you know I've had so many kids who've fallen over or you know when you used to play oh I still play sometimes you know like slap the board where they've like literally yeah. <laughs> broken their wrists because they get so so I'm, I'm really insistent now with any games that you know I only play games with students who I think are sensible enough to do them properly and so I don't want anyone legging it to the board I don't want anyone tripping over so I make sure that the, the room's quite you know as I say risk assessed and, and easy but they just walk they walk fast and it doesn't get any more crazy than that really so it always it's a good starter I think that one but you could do it at the end if you're not doing it at the start you could do it at the end definitely can I interrupt you? Sorry. Um, yeah. Run to the board as well. I think I'm sure I've seen people do this and I've, I've seen this where you can actually get both like two teams lining up one behind the other. And then someone writes something on the board and then literally just turns around, passes it to the person yeah. behind them. They walk to the back of the line, basically, um, and you do it that way. So you're not actually like getting out your seat going to the board writing it going to somebody else you go back in your seat they get out of their seat they da, 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 da. so you've actually got them in a line and I remember I think when I was an NQT a teacher who was very strict but oh my god her kids behaved themselves um forced them to do it in absolute silence she called it like the silent I don't know something game anyway, they talk, that was it they have to sit down and they can play anymore um but they stand in silence um I mean to be fair they've got nothing to chat about because they, you know they need to be thinking about what they can write um but yeah so they're actually lining up yeah that would be all right at the beginning of a lesson because if it is calm enough then you know that that could be fine definitely I think so that's a variation on that one a little bit um what about the others oh yeah the others so poker poker and stop the bus I always do um as plenaries so poker is one of my go-to plenaries I do that one quite a lot um, usually, because like I say, I tend, sometimes I have it pre-planned. I mean, I think I sometimes come across like I do absolutely no planning whatsoever. <laughs> just make it clear, I do plan and I do use PowerPoint and I do love technology. Um, I think I just, I just find that I'm, I'm one of those teachers, I'm not very good at kind of having a lesson plan and sticking to it. Um, I have lots of different bits that have different PowerPoints that I bring in depending on how the lesson's going. And I think sometimes you just get to a point, don't you, where you're like, this group needs a bit more. They need, we need to you know where uh, I've just been talking at them or they've been they're not very kind of motivated so sometimes I just need to pull something out of the bag so so they can be done at any point but the other two I would say more at the end because the the poker game is usually when I sort of want to assess what they've done during the lesson and to sort of assess the progress and then the stop the bus is just it's a similar kind of thing but it's a bit more of a fun game and they get too crazy I would never do that at any other point of the lesson I don't think I think they're both brilliant cleaner game plenary games when you when they've basically you know they've packed away and they're either standing behind their chairs or they're still sitting in their chairs um in that sort of like couple of minutes between yeah. everything's yeah, packed away classrooms all nice and tidy yeah. the bell hasn't quite gone or you're not quite ready to dismiss them and you've got a few minutes um I mean again you can plan this into your lesson like it's not just like yeah. oh god I accidentally finished a lesson early I don't mean that I just mean like you know to make sure that you're giving yourself say 10 I don't know yeah. seven minutes let's say at the end of the lesson to, to pack everything away make sure the classroom's all nice and tidy and they're ready to go and then you've got a few minutes to play a nice little game and then they kind of leave in a good mood well unless they've like shoved each or other hyper. you send them off <laughs> hyper for the next lesson <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah Fatu's just commented exactly what I just said I use the game at the end after they packed up yeah I think that's um I think I think stop the bus is good for that one I would say with poker oops sorry I've sort of stopped my screen tone with poker it does need a little bit longer 
because for it to be to really kind of get the game going um, and for them to have enough points, because obviously those were the most points at the end win, you want to have probably a good sort of six or seven translations at least. Yeah. Um, so you probably need to leave a good sort of 10 minutes for this, whereas stop the bus can be done in three minutes. I think any longer than that, they won't they won't want to do it. I really like the um, the idea of doing that with a dice, I have to say. Yeah, so they're not picking on each other. Um, Sanjeev's got a, a question as well. If the person asks, I'm, this, I'm assuming this is about poker. If the person asked gives the wrong answer, do all pupils with hands up lose a point or just the person who you've asked? Just the person who's asked. So everybody else just doesn't get anything. And usually I'll just, we just use that as a bit of a, okay, not quite right. Can anybody help that person out? And we call it, but nobody gets a point. Nobody, so the person who got it wrong loses the points, but then we just move on. So so no, not everybody. That That's the risk, isn't it? Everybody else doesn't lose any money, but they lose all of their money. So yeah. I think that could, and again, I'm just thinking, you know, if everybody lost their points, you could probably, yeah, you'd then end up in a situation where they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you made me lose them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's none of that, no. And and it's, it's, I think with anything like with games where there's competition, it can be tricky, can't it, with some groups because you don't want to make anyone feel like they've lost. I mean, you do sometimes, especially the win some, lose some game. That That's one of those things, but that's, you can't do anything about it. That's just a game of chance. But I think with this one, because it's, they're trying to come, come up with a correct answer to something. Yeah. There isn't any luck involved. It's whether they know the answer or not. I think you do just have to be a little bit careful with, with who you pick, how they're going to respond if they get it wrong. Um, and, and yeah, so it, it's, it's just one of those things which you know your class well, you know, you know how to play it, don't you? So. And if you're doing these without, you know, without preparing the answers in advance, um, would you, for example, just use like a vocab list or sentence builder or something um, to do like a, a question, like a translation or something? Yeah, like I, just, I, just, I just pick them, you know, I just pick them, do them randomly from my head and write them on the board or... Um... I mean, I want students to try and do this without support if possible, yeah. but they usually, so we use knowledge organisers, so they would usually be based on a knowledge organiser that they're yeah. going to But you could way. just have that in front of you, like you could get them. Yeah, yeah, you could just have it. If you're not confident, just, yeah, just do whatever you you're using. Yeah, 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 just your textbook or, or whatever it is you're using as your resource. In, or a PowerPoint. If you've, if you've had a PowerPoint and you've already got the, the language that's been presented, you know, just have that in front of you on your laptop, but just do it a little bit ad hoc yeah yeah um so again yeah because it's such low prep kind of ideas I was just thinking like <laughs> you don't want to be standing go oh I can't think of a question or could you get one you know a child in the class to come up with a question and then the others have to try and do the yeah, answer I think if you all write a question you take them all in and then maybe if you've been kicked off the bus then you could then ask the next question because you're like oh Okay, I've been kicked off. Oh, they're desperate to get back on the bus, I find. If they've been kicked off, they want to get back on. (laughs) Okay. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Um, Don't think we've got any more questions about this. Just have a look. I like the way people are calling this different things. Uh, Foursquare, the box game, Luke. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It does does what it says on the chin. Um, And along those lines... um, I am going to tell you about the corner game. So yeah, this this exactly does what it says on the tin. Um, just to go on this as well, hashtag MFL Insta. If you if you're not on Instagram, I think probably a lot of you are. Claire basically invented this hashtag, and it is is taken on a little life of its own. And it's absolutely amazing. Um, so if you want to share any of these things and do hashtag MFL Insta and tag Claire, 
um, and I'm sure she'll share them in her stories and stuff like that. I did my first one, share a Christmas related teaching idea, basically a load of Christmas freebies that I've put on my website. So um, hopefully that's been useful for people as well. Okay, yes. So the corner game. I've got to say, when I was a, a real teacher, <laughs> when I was actually teaching in a classroom, this was my like absolute favourite go-to game um, that I play. Oh, Laura said, I listened to you talk about this on your podcast. Oh no, you already know this game. But yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty sure my my mentor taught me this in my NQT year. And honestly, I played it about a million times. I can't work out how to do it in Zoom lessons. So I've, never, I've not played it for years. So again, this is a perfect plenary game, I would say. I have done it in the middle of lessons, but it's a great one to do. Again, it's really low prep. And it's ideal to do when they've packed everything away, you're at the end of the lesson. It's, um, you know, testing whether they've learned the vocab or the phrases or whatever um, that you've tried to teach them in that lesson or, you know, previous lessons. So pick four students and you send each one to stand in a corner of the room. Now I've explained this before and then people have said like, I literally don't even have the space in my classroom to do this. So I'm really sorry. I tried to think of ways of like, oh, what do I but somehow get four students standing in a rough kind of square in your room, similar to this picture here. So student A, B, C, and D. The teacher says a word or phrase in the target language. I tended to always do this from the target language into English, uh, just because, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, was, it was just easier. Um, but then quite often I would do like, cause they loved it so much. I would end up doing four games and then the winner from each of the game could come, each of the games could come back and I would do champion of champions and that would be English into the target language. Um, so if I said, for example, I've just got some Spanish weather in front of me here. So I tormentas uh, and the first person shout out, it's stormy or there are storms or something. Um, moves clockwise to the next corner, like my little student A is doing here. If there's a student there, so there is somebody in the corner here, person B, that person is knocked out, they have to sit down. Um, and basically, oh yeah, if the corner's empty, so then if the next one you said, let's have a look nearby, and someone goes, and student D says, it's snowing, they can just move into that empty corner, you're fine, everyone's safe. Um, and then you just go on to the next um, word or phrase. So there, that one goes in there. Um, the winner is the one who then goes around and knocks out all the other students. Now, sometimes you get, you get two students left and they're in, diagonally opposite corners and they just end up going into like they could just chase each other around the room and go into empty corners so what I tended to do then if there's one in um if they're in diagonal corners would then that's just like a sudden death so whoever says the answer first then wins because yeah otherwise they just chase each other around the classroom um so yeah so once you're once you're down to two and they're in opposite diagonally opposite corners um then you can yeah just whoever shouts it out first now a way to get the, the rest of the class involved is they're really good at refereeing who shouted the word out first 
sometimes it's really hard to know because they all shout it out at the same time and then you just say mm, I think that's a draw move on as quickly as you can because it can erupt into arguments um this I think is a really really important point don't get the students to put their hands up because they just put their hand up and you don't know that they know the answer so the whole point is that they shout out the answer now some people might not be happy with this because they might think I don't want kids just calling stuff out but honestly if you put if you say the first one to put their hand up and then you call on them a they've had loads of time to think about it and b they just put their hand up and they might not know the answer um and you it's really hard to see who put their hand up first so just get them to shout out the answer um and yeah because they can't they can't say the word before you've actually said it. Right, got a question here, Maisie. Won't there always be a corner taken if there are four kids chosen? No, because you you block, I'm sorry, so if you move, so when you go round, somebody has to sit down. So you end up with empty corners. Does that make sense? You're still looking confused, Maisie. <laughs> I think maybe I need to see it. I know this is what I tried to draw like my little box. It is one of these that you need you need to see. Um, okay. No, there's there's not always a corner taken. So you've got four kids, one in each corner. Okay, you say a thing. This person answers. They go to this corner. This person has to sit down. Okay. Then you say the next one. This person wins again they go to this corner this person sits down you've only got two students you don't you don't then put more kids in the other corner oh okay so yeah. every time they're moving to a different corner that person in that corner sits down you get yeah they get knocked out and they right sit. got you yeah um other well the ways i've played this is to get more students involved some of them aren't confident about standing and shouting out by themselves some of them quite like just doing it in pairs so you'd end up with eight kids um, but also, you know, in the corners. Um, right, hold on, I've got some good questions here. Um, Claire, I guess it goes quite quickly too, so the rest of the class don't have to wait long. Yeah, 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 it goes really quickly. Um, like I say, I, I mean, I would have time in, like, in the last five minutes of a lesson sometimes to do four rounds and then a champion of champions. So, yeah, it's, it's really quick. And, again, once they know how to play it, once you've explained it, <laughs> it's it's really quick and they love it absolutely loved it can you do it with chairs at the front yeah if you've got room so lauren your room's a bit squished for space so yeah you could i don't know how you could do it you could even just have the kids standing at the front in a small square i just liked being able to for them to go all, all the way around the room um or like musical chairs i love the way you guys are like trying to think of how you can do this in your own space obviously yeah, everybody's spaces are different. But yeah, essentially, you basically, they're just, you know, the first one to answer a question just knocks somebody else out. You could, you could have four chairs in a row and then they move one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to work out how that would I'm not sure it's something that you do need space for, really, because they're not running, are they? No, no, they're just standing. They just move from corner to corner. All they've got to do is stand in the corner. So I don't necessarily think that you need space. I think someone said to me that they, they 
the kids literally wouldn't be able to walk from one corner to the next corner that there's that oh, wow. little space in their class oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah so oh my gosh yeah I don't know um but yeah I have to say do it like do try and get them to move around you know standing up moving around things like that like you know like with the games that Claire was describing it's really nice to have games where they're actually out of their chairs and moving around a bit and this one in my experience and I worked in some lively let's call them lively schools in London um there might be one class that I had to ban from this game but um generally even in a boys school they they were fine and they enjoyed the uh competition sometimes I'd give them prizes or whatever but Generally, they just love a bit of competition. So, um, Claire, my colleague went on a course where they emphasise how important it is to get students moving as it improves memory, cognitive ability, apparently. I mean, God, yeah, can you imagine? Like, I know the days when I sit at my computer all day long, I get exhausted. So, yeah, it's nice to move around and get your blood pumping. Um, Right, Maria said, my students have running dictation and Fatou has asked what is running dictation and also bingo. Yes, well, let's, we'll go through those in a moment. Um, yes, if someone could explain running dictation because I'm not 100% sure how to play it. Right, the other game that I wanted to present is Connect Four. Again, one of my all time favorites. Now I had to go out of my slideshow presentation to do this because I have never worked out a way of moving so I was just like copied and pasted loads of little circles I've never worked out a way of doing this in presentation mode if I mean if anybody could do that that would be amazing um so if you've not played connect four um as a game it's basically you have these little um coins that you drop down and they they go they you start at the bottom so the coins drop down um you take it in turns and you have to get four in a row and you have to try and block each other and you have to yeah you can get four um horizontally diagonally or vertically but the way i always do it no not always this version you do it in that way so this is actually this is taken from a sample lesson that's on my website it's in French it's about pets it's just kind of like my you know one of my like simple straightforward go to how to introduce vocab kind of um, lessons with a few games on if you want to have a look at the full lesson. Um, so yeah so if the first team says tortue now you can either just say tortue you could say j'ai un tortue you could say je voudrais une I'm sorry, I just said un tortue. I would like to just correct myself. Uh, J'ai une tortue, uh, or je voudrais une tortue. So you can have different sentences, um, however complicated you want to make it. And actually then that can be differentiated in that students can, um, you know, they can pick and choose. So if they just feel like they just want to say the word, um, then they can just say the word, or if they would, like to challenge themselves to make a sentence and they can do that i would always put this in english at the top because it just adds an element of challenge because if you've got the words in the target language they're just reading it and they might not even know what it means so if you've got or even like a little picture or something um 
just to, yeah, just to add an element of challenge, basically. Okay, so une tortue, or j'ai une tortue, then we'll put that down uh, there. Then the orange team would say, je voudrais un cheval, and then would put that in there. And then basically it builds up and builds up, but you have to start at the bottom, but then they might just say, j'ai une tortue again. Uh, they might say, je voudrais une tortue, and then, you know, keep building it up like this. So it is, if you, I mean, I don't know, to me, Connect Four is like a really normal game that I played when I was a kid, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's the same idea. If you think of the coins going down and landing, um, that's, yeah, that's how that works. And it's the first team to get four in a row. You can be really strict and say, if you get it wrong, you don't get to put your coin in, um, or you can just kind of help them and, you know, um, yeah, just, I mean, if it's completely wrong, then um, yeah, then maybe don't don't give them the chance. Um, but yeah, it's up to you how strict you want to be. And you, again, like you know, Claire was saying, you always know your classes, you know how to how to do these things. Um, I was going to say something else about to connect for as well. Yeah, so the winners are one with four in a row. I always found, I was just going to say, I, I kids love it, absolutely love it. And I've, I have played this on my Zoom lessons with teachers. So even teachers quite enjoy it, quite enjoy it as well. Um, and yeah, and you find that like even quite disengaged kids can get quite competitive, you know, and they'll be, they'll be sort of, so you split the class into two teams. You can do it where you print it off on paper and they fill it in by themselves on paper. Depends on your photocopying budget, depends if you want to waste paper or not. I found as a whole class game, actually, it's quite good. And then you can monitor what they're saying and how they're saying it and how it's all um, going. And yeah, and you'd find like even, you know, quite disengaged kids would be quite competitive about it. Be like, you need to do Lapin, we need to do Lapin next, okay? Who's going to do Lapin? And then, you know, they'll say, the, well, they might say it in French, they might say it in English, but yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they get really involved and, and really into it. A couple of other variations that I've done. This one was to practice numbers up to 100. Um, I filled in the numbers myself. I wouldn't, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I might have ended up with the same number twice. I don't know. Um, and then with this one, you can either do it. So they have to start at the bottom. Um, so they'd have to start with like um, 60 and then they would say 15 and then they might say 73. Da, da, da. Or you could do it where they just go around, you know, start up here. They could go over here um and do it as they want to so because you've got all the numbers in there um they can just choose a number and they can they can do it that way so there are there are different ways that you can do it with that kind of variation and then the third variation that i've got here is for verb conjugation this looks like it's upside down but that's because again you slot the thing so they start easy <laughs> they start with je um and then I guess, I mean, I don't know if it progressively gets harder, depends how, how good you are. Um, I included on as a separate one here, but you don't have to. Um, so yeah, so then, you know, the first team would say, je mange, and then this team would say, uh, je suis. Um, and then, yeah, and then you're allowed to build it up. So tu es, 
to mange. Again, you could, if you really wanted to, you could let them just go wherever they want, see how that works. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could do it, that they're all, you know, you've got a different verb conjugation in every single space. I feel like that would be a lot of preparation for you. <laughs> um, this would, yeah, this is present. I mean, but actually, to be fair, this could be any tenses. And Lauren's actually said you could do it with headings of tenses for GCSE. So you could actually just say, right, we're going to do this in the passive composé today. And, you know, so um, really good revision for very, very common verbs for them to do in different tenses. Um, so that, yeah, they're my two favourite games, Corner Game and Connect Four. Let me have a quick look at some uh, in the chat. Where are we? Right, running dictation. Hold on a minute. Lauren, if you extend the screen, you can. I don't know what that's related to. Is that something to do with, I don't know. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it, was, it, was um, do, it was to do with, you know, when you said um, about putting the, the, I don't know what you call them, the, the dots in the place while you're doing a presentation. Yeah. So if you like extend the screen, so you've got like presented view on your computer and on your screen, you've got like the normal PowerPoint. If you do it that way and you kind of just go onto your PowerPoint as if you're editing it, it'll edit it in real like in real time. So on the presentation, it'll edit it as well. So if you drag things around, it does it on the screen. Yes, I forgot. Yes, yeah, so if, if this is on your interactive whiteboard. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I forgot. And you could do that. Blimey. Yes, because I always just only have a, one screen. Um, right. Thank you for, for explaining that. Yes, of course. Um, or weekly, yeah, yeah, that would that's really good if if you can do that. <laughs> if you know how to do it, yeah, obviously, that doesn't work on a normal computer, but yes, brilliant. Thank you so much, Lauren. Um, Claire, I've used a Connect Four game and was observed, and it went down really well. There you go. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my Connect Four game, I don't know where this came from originally. I, I can't credit this to anybody, but um, it's just yeah, it's my favorite. Okay, Maisie has explained running dictation usually in pairs or groups. One person is the scribe and one person goes to the board and reads a sentence. They have to remember that sentence, say it to the person writing. If they forget any parts, they have to go back. Yeah, so, um, so you go to, to the board, but then if it's on the board, the rest of the group can, can see it or is it on, like on a bit of paper or something? I'm trying to remember all the different permutations of this. Obviously the person writing can't see the sentences. You've actually written that, Maisie, sorry. Be good if I actually read the whole thing. Um, okay, so the person who's writing, the running dictation and running translation as well, can't you? So you could do, so they could go up, look at the sentence, which could be, I don't know, je voudrais une tortue. Um, then they have to go back to their partner and say, je voudrais une tortue, and they have to write that down. Um, the other like way of doing this would be a running translation where they would come back and say je voudrais une tortue and the person writing it down would have to write i want a tortoise i would like a tortoise maybe i don't know does that work um yeah lauren good point running dictation is good 
anything with dictations now that the new GCSE is doing dictation. Um, da, da, da. Hold on, that's come back to Connect Four. Sorry, I'm just looking at the chat. Um, does the scribe turn around, not looking at the board, maybe? Or I, th I think I've mainly seen it on paper. They have to look at a piece of paper, so then they can't actually see it. Um, so yeah, all the scribe. I, if I was quite naughty as a kid, and I would just be like turning around looking at the board, and I also wouldn't have like I would have thought, oh, I know better than everybody else. So I'd be like at the board and write it down um but that's because i was yeah i, I always try to find the easy way around everything that's <laughs> quite naughty um okay right hopefully that's explained um running dictation as well and hold on melanie you're saying sorry version so version a variation a looks like the board game sequence this one i don't know that board game but yeah that very could could well be. I don't know because I don't know sequence. Sorry. Um, if you don't trust the class, maybe paper is better. Yeah, I just always see things from the slightly naughty kids' perspective because, you know, like I say, I just I just try to do things as quickly and easily as I possibly could all the time at school. Um, right, Julie has joined us. I think somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Julie is here. Um, I can't see you. Hold on a minute. It's all right. Can you share my PowerPoint? Yes, I've got it on my PowerPoint. So I Have think, you? yeah, I think I'll just carry on sharing my PowerPoint and then. Fantastic. Thank you. Right, where are you? Why aren't you on my screen? There you are. Okay. Right. right. Hello. Yes, I've spotlighted <laughs> you as well so that people can see you. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm late. I've been teaching all morning, so... Hi, bless you, teaching on a Saturday morning. Uh, no. um, so, yeah, and as yeah, with, <laughs> as with the, the first two, Erica and Caroline had to dash off, um, and you've joined us late, and I'm just so grateful that you guys... Have, all right. Even though you're so busy and you've got so many other things to do. So I think we're ending on an absolute classic here, Beat the Teacher. Okay, yeah. would you like to tell us about Beat the Teacher, Julie? Yes, so it's my absolute favorite game of for everything actually. So when I when I I've been introduced to it during my PGC was mainly to introduce vocab and you know repeating of this beautiful repetition and checking the phonics and everything. But as um, Isaac kind of evolved through the years, I just use it for everything. I use it for uh, introducing vocab. So if you move to to next slide, I think. Yeah. Is the next one? No, next one, that one. So that will be, for example, my year seven introduction of school subjects. So I'm going to say if what I point is what I say, they have to repeat it. If what I point is different to what I say, they have to stay silent. We play in 10 points. Um, always a big hit, but that it's for introducing vocabulary. So it works really well. You can check the pronunciation. Um, with the new GCSE having such a big emphasis on phonics, it's actually beautiful practice um, pronunciation, but it's a kind of the first simple version of the game. If you go back to slide before, the first one she is this one, I will then introduce it to actually do chunk of sentence. So 
if I do a free time activity with my N9, for example, I can do, I don't know, opinion on free time. So moi, j'adore faire du basket. If I point the basket uh, ball, ladies, they have to repeat, moi, j'adore faire du basket. Uh, but if I point the one that is swimming, they have to stay silent. So I don't just only do it with word. I do it with sentence as well. And I tend to do it with quite extended sentence. So, moi, j'adore faire du basket parce que c'est cool. And they have to repeat all this. Moi, j'adore faire du basket parce que c'est cool. And all I've pointed is a girl playing basketball. Mm -hmm. um, moi, ce qui me plaît le plus, c'est lire des bandes dessinées. And I point on comics. And they have to repeat this kind of big chunk of sentence. Um, so, I really used it to, um, to do not only words, but sentence as well. And my absolute favorite way to do it is that the next slide is to revise verb so i put my year eight uh perfect tense that we're doing at the minute but if what i pronounce is not well pronounced so j'ai bu not je bu or je vois and not je vois then they have to stay silent and that's the trickiest part because they have to make sure I pronounce it correctly. Sometimes I will mispronounce on purpose the pronoun. Sometimes I will mispronounce on purpose the verb. Sometimes I will mispronounce both, but they have to be like, oh, body. And so this one, I always say, right, we can count to three in our head before we repeat, just because, you know, they have to remember, okay, but after a few practice, they do it. So j'ai lu, they will repeat, j'ai lu, j'ai visité. We repeat, j'ai visité, but if I say, j'ai bois, because that's the most common mistake they normally do, they pronounce the e, je bois, or j'ai bois, then I get the point. And so the few games will be like, I completely destroy them. <laughs> 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 but they want to challenge themselves and they want to win afterwards. And I say, right, let's play five all times. And this time, I, I often let them win just to get this... Uh, but I keep doing it until it's, it's really correct and well pronounced. I really use Beats a Teacher as an excellent pronunciation game now, not just introducing vocab. But um, you have to keep going with a verb because I found verb extre extremely challenging to teach sometimes and students find sometimes very demotivating. But if you keep going and Beats a Teacher is a perfect way to teach it through a game, often then once the barrier has crossed it actually um they really enjoy it and if it's vocab they know as well you can just uh, put one that is i don't know you, you can use it for retrieval so i can put i don't know i use this slide and i put three more numbers in there just to revise numbers or i will put one conditional that is not passed just to keep them on their toes all the time but often when it's for verbs or sentence they, they tend to not win as easily as when it is for vocabulary. But after a while, when you keep going, they normally really engage really well. I've got a very challenging year nine this year, and that is my go-to game. One, because once they play it several times, you don't have to explain the rule anymore, and it really transition quickly between a task to another. That is my go-to. You don't want to, especially when behavior is not the best, you don't yeah. want to spend ages to explain some things that they might not understand. So I tend to stick with two, three games. That I know I put the slide up, I put the, the, the score box on the side, and we play straight away. Um, 
And they normally understand when there are pictures, it's vocabulary or sentence. When there are words, it will be phonics. So um, it, it is actually something that I do probably every day. I just done it now with my year seven. So yeah, sometimes uh, you've literally just done it this morning. That's amazing. Would I you did. Do, would you do this slide with sentences as well? I could, yeah, yeah, with a top set or with um, a, a simple sentences. I will definitely. So they're actually having to pick out whether you said je visite or j'ai visité in a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. What I could do as well, I would put a sentence, let's say, I don't know, la semaine dernière, je or j'ai. No, je, I would put. Then in bracket, I would just put the um, infinitive, visite, mm. and then la tour Eiffel. And if I conjugate the verbs, if I say, right, we do it in the past tense, I need to conjugate the verb correctly. Um, but if one sentence starts with normalement, and if I say the past tense, it cannot repeat because normalement is a present tense time marker. So um, there are so many ways to do it, so many ways to present it. I tend to transform any of my slide in a bit, the teacher, because it's so easy to do. You can take any slide from anything you love and if your class is disengaged or if you feel they're a bit you're not tired or a bit you know they're not 100 with you just transform your translation slide in a bit the teacher just tweak it slightly and once it's on your board you can just change the rule as much as you as much as you want mm. yeah i love i absolutely love that that you can and then also i mean you know with with any of these slides as well you can use them for other games so Claire mentioned um, tap the board and that kids yeah. can get a bit rowdy with that. But, um, you know, tap the board it, when you have two students and, yes, yeah, so you just say, like, I don't know, j'aime aller à la piscine, and then they have to touch the swimming picture. Um, and I used to get them to just do it with their, with their fingers, and if they were silly, then they'd have to sit down. Um, but, yeah, so, again, just try and get them to do it. Gently and sensibly. I used to use a ruler and then they used to tap the corner of the ruler and damage whiteboards. So that's not a good idea. Um, but yeah, and then there are, the thing with making one of these kind of slides is that you can then exploit it for loads of different things, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I was just thinking as well, when you were talking about this one, um, in terms of phonics and spelling and, and, you know, things like that, to use words that they get muddled up. So my my French beginners, I don't know if anyone from my French beginners class is here today, I've forgotten, um, keep getting cheveux and chevaux muddled up. So I would okay. have those and then I would say, you know, point to the word cheveux, and if I'm saying cheveux, they say cheveux. And if I'm saying cheveux, then they say stay silent. Or even just like a picture of hair and a horse and just keep practicing them. So, um, the thing about this game is that the, the rules are easy enough for if the teacher beats them the first game, the rules are easy enough for the student to get motivated to then destroy the teacher. Like they're really in the... Yeah, in yeah. The, especially of, you know, if... Um, if there are a class of boys um, who are, I know that sometimes challenging boys are the most motivated for this kind of game yeah. because they they want to win really much. Girls, girls are good, but I found boys comp more competitive, really. Um, and um, yeah, when, when you leave... Um, when you win one or two, then you guarantee the, the students are then winning back 10 times, which is brilliant. That's why you want. You want to 
show them how to do it and you want them to be able to be so um, motivated in the um, in the games as they actually win a lot actually yeah, yeah definitely and I would say all of the games that um, people have presented today are really engaging um, and you find like yeah like you say even with kids who seem quite demotivated and I think sometimes people think oh we play too many games in MFL I don't know that's like a whole other discussion but I do think um, it can be a subject where kids aren't maybe as motivated but it's also a subject that le- that lends itself so well to a bit of fun and games I'm not saying like all the time all lessons just need to be games um, and actually one of the things I showed earlier the Tangled Translation isn't a game it's just a really challenging thing to do and the sense of achievement you get when something is that challenging um, is yeah it's it's the same as when you're playing a game so it's just the idea of like adding a bit of competition making it a bit challenging um, and just having a bit of fun really but as a few people have said you need to know your classes and you need to know how well they deal with the challenge and the competition and you know I think you need to be quite strict and say like if you're not playing these games sensibly and actually you know ones where they're up out of their seats if there's a chance that kids could actually hurt themselves or each other then obviously you need to you need to be on top of it and in control and say no we're not going to do this anymore and then not let them play the game for a while I mean there was there was one I think year seven or eight class in the boys school that I taught at I just couldn't play there were a few games I just couldn't play them because they just got really basically sorry um you know they were they they decided fighting each other I'm like I'm not playing games with you if you're gonna fight each other and just be horrible to each other and then they ended up having really boring lessons but you know that's their problem it's their fault um right just checking the last of the comments before we wrap up um where we got to so Fatu I think Claire has explained the um bingo the MFL, no, not the MFL Insta bingo, the MFL Christmas bingo for students. Um, so yeah, it's an independent thing, isn't it? That the kids, you can hand out the sheet and the kids can try and fill in as many of the squares as they want on that sheet. And um, they, yeah. And then they need to show you evidence that they've done it and then you can give them prizes or house points or whatever. Um, for however many they get. I mean, yeah, that, that's up to you. But I think, it, yeah, it's just a way of getting them to do some MFL-related Christmas things, either at home or if you, if they can in lessons, I guess, as well, or for you <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do that in a lesson with them. I don't know. Um, so, yes, what else have we got here? Fly swatter, did we mention that already? That's for um, tap the board, a fly swatter. Yeah, that's less destructive than a uh, than a ruler although you will find that teenage boys are quite capable of breaking a fly swatter so yeah um one of my year nine boys still managed to break it says laura yes exactly (laughs) um oh lauren thank you as an ect2 this has been absolutely amazing it's been so useful so thank you to everyone who shared their ideas and i would like to echo that as well and to all of you for turning up on a saturday morning to listen to us telling you about our favorite games. Um, Some of them might be ones that you knew, but you've sort of forgotten about. Some of them might be ones that you um, have played, just play all the time. 
that might be brand new for you. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so hopefully you guys have got lots of ideas and especially as we come towards the end of term and everybody's tired and flagging, um, particularly the no prep ones. So like the ones that Claire shared and corner game and things like that. And please, if anyone plays corner game, let me know, because honestly, I miss it. Like if there's one thing that might get me back into the classroom. It could be corner game. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just loved it. And honestly, the kids... Like I said, there was this one class that was just really silly, but I mean, that's one in like 10 years of teaching. So, um, oh, lots of lovely messages saying thank you and thanks for organising it. And again, yeah, thank you to everybody for sharing. I'm going to put the recording and the PowerPoints and everything up onto my website. You guys will get the link straight away. Um, but I will also share the link on um, my you know, email list, social media, um, just Facebook and Instagram. I deleted my Twitter accounts, but again, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but yes, I'll share it again, you know, all, all totally for, for free for everybody. And I will put the audio on uh, as a podcast episode in the new year as well. So um, yeah, so thank you all for coming. Thank you for your contributions as well. They've been really helpful, really, um, really good and good questions because sometimes you think something's obvious and it's nice when people ask questions and you have to explain it a bit better. So thank you very much. Have a fabulous weekend and Merry Christmas to you all. Thank, thank you. you.